wow, that was quick. Hey, I, sometimes it takes a while to connect, but we are connected. This is Jack Kelly with Let's Go Live with Jack Kelly talking about the future of work. So today, so today is a great, this would be a great conversation. It's gonna be great for certain kind of people who have been having challenges with your job search. So, but before I start, I wanna give a nice warm thank you to Sweta Regni, Virginia Franco, Lisa Rangel, these three smart, awesome, fantastic, brilliant career coaches, resume writers um, offered their help in terms of an article I was writing, which we're gonna talk about for this LinkedIn Live um, for an important issue. How do you deal with a pandemic gap question? How do you deal if you've been unfortunately downsized, lost your job, um, you're one of these millions of people who are long-term unemployed and long-term unemployed um, might not have the, ac the accurate numbers, but something like 26 weeks, 27 weeks that you haven't been working. And I want to say there's like almost 4 million people who fit that category. So for the, so the context of the piece I wrote for Forbes is for people who are in between jobs and they go for interviews and then the interviewers ask those dreaded questions. So Jack, tell me, what did you do during the pandemic? I noticed Jack that you've been out of work for, oh, six months. Well, you've been out of work for a year. Oh dear. I know some people have heard that before or, or you don't, you don't have, they don't say it, but when they're looking at the resume, right? They're looking at the resume, right? They're looking and then front looking. Then you see when they look at like the gap. What? <laughs> so, so this is an issue and I'm, you know, I don't mean to make light of it, but sometimes when it's a serious issue, a little humor goes a long way because you could only fret and be frustrated and angry for so long. And by the way, when you interview, here's a hack. You can't do that because if you interview and you let them see that you're angry, you're bitter, you're upset that you haven't found a job in two, three, four months, six months, a year, where it's normal to be frustrated, it's human to be angry. But in this crazy world, that we have to deal with is that there's not a whole lot of empathy to be shared. So that when you are in between roles, you like to think people will be so caring. You know, hey, I noticed you haven't been, you know, you have been out for a while. How are you? Are you okay? And you like to hear that in a genuine, authentic way. Does it happen? Sometimes. Does it happen regularly? Not really. Oftentimes it's the opposite. And this is what's so troubling and so sad is that, come on, everybody knows. It's, it's not, it'd be one thing if something happened in one city, in one town in this country and no one else knew about it and there was a problem. But the pandemic, um, I think we all hear, we all know what happened. We all know it's pretty damn terrible. 
We know it's horrible. We know not only horrible from a health perspective, but horrible that it wrecked careers. It ruined businesses. Thousands, if not millions of businesses shut down. Millions of Americans lost their job. Multi-millions of people across the world lost their jobs. This was, this was devastating on so many fronts. So when now what happens when you're interviewing, it becomes uncomfortable because some people have been out of work for a while. Now, everyone's vision for a while is different. You know, to somebody a couple of weeks is bad, to someone a month, long when that happens. Because when you keep interviewing or trying to interview, sometimes you don't even get the interviews. When you're sending resumes, you don't hear. You fill out applications, you don't hear. Someone says, hey, I know someone who knows someone, I'll get you in, doesn't happen. You finally get an email or, or a text or call, we want to meet you, and then you're ghosted. It kind of really messes with your head. Then, if you finally get an interview, and now you're psyched, you finally got that interview, you get that interview, and then they give that, so tell me about yourself. Can you tell me why you haven't found work? What have you been doing for the last six months? Have you, what have you been up to the last six months? How come you haven't received a job offer? Have you got a job offer? You start getting variations of those questions. Now, it's very easy to point a finger at the company and say, gosh, that seems so rude and so tone deaf. But oftentimes what happens when I've seen this over the years, when people are interviewers, hiring managers, others, a lot of times they're not trained. They don't know what to say. And it's also not easy. You know, you have to be compassionate, empathetic. But for some people, either that's hard or they just, they're awkward, they're uncomfortable. So they ask these very cliche stereotype questions about, you know, why didn't you find a job? Tell me about yourself. What have you been doing? Because most people probably know the answer. Most people know, hey, I've been trying to find a job. <laughs> That's what I've been doing. I've been trying to find a job. I've been working on finding work. You know, I haven't been just hand gliding and just watching TV all the time. I've been working hard to find a job, networking, working on my resume, marketing myself on LinkedIn, doing everything I'm supposed to do. It's just, it's been a pandemic. So now let's talk about it. So Lisa, Sweta, Virginia, give some really sound advice. You know, let, let's just dive into it. I think some of them have some commonality. So I'll, I'll kind of just give it broad strokes. And then you could read the Forbes article. We'll include it you know, when we upload this video. So for the people watching now, it's great, but then we'll upload it, you know, again, so you could kind of see the content, you know, the, the actual article and read more in depth about it. But some of the big broad jokes are this. When you have that gap, own it. There's no sense of fudging it. There's no such a playing with the made up companies or doing something that could later, you know, uh, blow back and hurt your chances. The consensus kind of is own it. This happened. It's happened to millions of people. This has happened before, by the way. Like Lisa Rangel points out, you know, she was a recruiter back during the financial crisis and during um, 
9-11. And during those times, for 9-11, more so here in New York area than other places, for the financial crisis across the board, where things look dire, massive layoffs, downsizings, the mood was terrible. There's fear about what was going to happen next. So there is, in fairly recent, you know, within the last 20 years, you know, these things happening and they have, you know, happen again now. So people kind of know that bad things happen <coughs> and you, you're in between jobs. It doesn't mean you're not good at what you do. It doesn't mean that you're not a great person. It just means that unfortunately you were caught up in it. So you own it. Don't be embarrassed. Don't feel a stigma attached to it. Even if the tone of the person who is asking the questions feel a little bit like they're interrogating you or they're kind of being judgy, don't let that bother you. Just here's what happened. Walk, walk it through. Now, if you are part of a larger downsizing, I think that's a little easier. So this way you could point out, hey, unfortunately, I lost my job because company widget, XYZ widget company had a downsizing of 10,000 people. And unfortunately, I was caught up. Um, in that downsizing. However, it was very, you know, sad to see because I liked my boss, I liked my managers, I liked the people I work with. It was a great company, and I really enjoyed it. But I understand it was the midst of co in the midst of COVID, ten thousand people were downsized. I was part of it. I understand. But then also, what you could do is is then segue. You try to you never want to dwell on all the negative stuff. You you accept it, right? You accept it. It's like in sales, you know, you get an objection, you answer the objection and you overcome it. Same thing with interviewing. So, you know, they give you that judgy, tell me about yourself, why, why are you looking, why don't you get a job? You answer it, hey, 10,000 people were downsized, I was part of it, but then you overcome it and you put the negative in the past. And then you start talking about, well, in a way, in a way, this might sound bizarre, but in a way it's kind of positive that this happened. And what I mean by that, that is positive, is that if, if, if I didn't get downsized, I probably would have stayed the next 10, 20 years of my, my life at this company, which could have been fine. But I always would have felt maybe there was something better. The grass is greener somewhere else. There are better opportunities. And I would have always felt that I was selling myself short by just staying where I was. So I'm really excited about this time because I was using this COVID time to get certification. I went back to school. I learned X, Y, and Z. I've, I've uh, taken up this hobby. I've lost 10 pounds. So I really use this time wisely so that I can improve my life, feel better about myself. I was able to reconnect with my spouse, with my partner, with my children. And, and take you really embrace that time to be a good father, a good son, a good husband, a good dog and cat owner. So you want to kind of then change. See, you see what I'm doing? Now, all of a sudden, you're listening to this. You're just thinking now me as an individual or you know whoever the interviewee is as an individual and what they've done during this period. You completely forgot about your question, why, you know, why aren't you working? Because I've changed the narrative. I've kind of spun it so that I... I, I accepted and I didn't run away from the fact that yes, I was downsized. I was downsized along with 10,000 other people. 
but here's what I'm doing now. So then you're overcoming it and you're talking about all the things, all the great things you're doing now. And then how appreciative, even though you've lost your job, how appreciative you are that I had this time to spend it with my family and my kids that you probably never have again. And that's, that, that's an amazing outcome from a bad situation. Plus, I've went back to school and I've learned so-and-so. And you know what? Now I'm looking to do this which I never would have done before. Or maybe I started a business, or maybe I went into the gig economy, or whatever the case may be. So when you answer, when they, <laughs> so when they ask you that question, or any question that seems kind of pushy, a little bit obnoxious, a little judging, don't even blink. You know what I mean? Don't even show them that you, like, you know that they're asking this annoying question and is getting to you. You treat it like, yeah, like it's a big softball that you're gonna hit out of the park. And, and I get it, it's not easy to do. Between us, I get it. You know, if you've been out of work for three or six months or longer and you get a smug person interviewing you and you just, just wanna throttle them and say, you know what, how would you feel if this was you? Is this how you would act? But you don't do that. You take the higher ground, kind of smile. Hey, you're Teflon, whatever they say, gonna bounce right off of you, doesn't matter because you're impervious to it because you have a future, you're gonna make your way, you're gonna succeed and you're gonna do well despite everything. So you're not gonna let some petty person who has a power trip and is gonna make you try to make you feel bad and feel small, nah, not even gonna think of it, not gonna register it. You're going to go and say that here's what I've done. And you want to list whether it's a hobby, whether it's a sport, whether you went back to school, whether you learned something, whether you got a certification, whether you got a, a license, um, whether you had a part-time job, whether you, whatever it is, you want to kind of fill it up. Even if it doesn't sound like much, you can make it sound like, you can make anything sound really good if you put your mind to it, you know? Because um, the key is, and it shouldn't be this way. Let's agree. It, it doesn't have, it shouldn't be this way. It doesn't have to be. People should understand it. It's almost like there should be a code word. You, you, you know, with your, your family or friends, people say the same thing over and over again. You want to say, you know what? Instead of saying that boring story, just say story number one. And everybody, oh yeah, story number one. <laughs> so you don't have to hear the whole story all over again for the umpteenth time. So with, with these kind of questions, it's almost like you want to press a button and say, boop. Yeah, this is the, come on. You know, I know the answer. You know that this is a game we're playing here, that I'm going to come up with some stuff to tell about what I did during the pandemic. You're going to ask me this question. You're going to be like, you know, all probing and trying to make me feel bad. And I'm trying to avoid that. So let's just, just you know, say, oh, number three, this is what you're doing. We know what you're doing. Let's stop and move on. But that doesn't happen. We got to talk about it. So, you, so if you haven't done so, and you are still looking and you are still in between. So use this time to start doing something. You know, do, you know, take a gig contract, take a, you know, do some temp work, um, take a bridge job, maybe something that's not going to be exactly what you want, but get you something to do and get you out of the house and get you, um, you know, networking, meeting new people, make you feel better. Um, maybe you're going to write the next American novel. Maybe you're great at carpentry and you've been, um, I don't know, building desks and chairs. Um, you know, maybe uh, 
you know, you decided, hey, maybe I'm thinking of opening a, a, a bar restaurant. So I've been waitering, waitressing to see what it's like and get inside take on it. Whatever the case is, it's, it's always helpful to have something. Because if they say, hey, what have you been doing for the last six months, nine months, year, and you know, you don't have an answer, even though we all know the truth is that you were looking for another job and then you're just you know, trying to get by. That's not, they don't want to hear that. They want to hear something. So you got to have something at the ready to do it. That's the key. You got to fill in those blanks, but you got to fill in that sound credible. It sounds reasonable. It also makes you sound good. It also makes it sound like the person who's asking you gets on your side. Um, we also want to do is like take action. You want to have some irons in the fire. So that'll help out too. So if, if they say, what are you doing? You can then honestly say, hey, I've been interviewing at this place. I've been interviewed that place. I've interviewed somewhere else. So I do have some traction. So now they're thinking, oh, all right, cool. And you say, hey, yeah. Because as you can imagine, you know, six months ago, nine months ago, the market was really terrible. Um, you know, COVID was flaring. Um, so there weren't as many opportunities in my space. Now that it picked up, you know, the, the job market picked up, the economy picked up. Yeah, I'm starting to get interviews. That again, that again stops them in the tracks. So when they're thinking, ah, oh, you're not doing anything, I don't know. This person's just been on their feet up for six months. They're like, oh, well, they're interviewing. They're going to a lot of different places. Even if you're not going a lot, you're kind of embellishing a little bit. But uh, this way they feel, oh, all right, this person is a hot commodity. They're in demand. All right, I'm going to pay more attention. So you see what I'm, the whole overarching threads are this. It's easy to feel like you're a victim. And no one would blame you for feeling that way because you didn't start COVID, as far as I know, unless maybe you did, then you know it is your fault. But if you didn't, then it's not your fault. You just got sucked up in this. And a lot, I got to tell you, after all these years of recruiting, being in the business world, some things I've kind of, you know, I see that people don't talk about. And luck is a big thing. Luck is a big thing. Sometimes you're in the, I say, I say this with my candidates often when they get a really great offer, because sometimes you get a great offer and this is a very weird dynamic. They get a great offer and they think, what's the catch? Because they feel like, wait, I don't deserve such a great offer or that came too easy. What's up? There's a catch. You know, some people feel that way. It's like, wait, what? Hmm. But there's not. It's just sometimes you're in the right place at the, at the right time and everything clicks. Other times, the opposite, other times, and more often than not, it is this, more often than not, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time and you don't catch the break. So, so sometimes if you're the person who maybe lost their job in December, 2019, and you're like, oh, that stinks. I lost my job right before the holidays. All right, but you know what? I'll enjoy the holidays. And then once the new year starts, I'll go interview because that's when the whole cycle starts up again. Lo and behold, before you know it, you hit COVID and now you're out of work for a long time. Bad luck. It, that's, sometimes it's just as simple as that. And the reason I'm telling you is so not to beat up on yourself. You know, don't think, why me? Because this is how it is. If you ever play cards, you know how it is. Sometimes you get dealt a great hand. You're like, oh my gosh, sometimes you don't. So sometimes you just don't luck out. And that you didn't get, you didn't catch that break. 
I've seen so many people who are smart, experienced, terrific, and they have a hard time finding a job. And, and it's not like they can't interview well. It's not like they don't have references, everything. It's just for some reason it didn't click. Others who are not nearly as good, who don't have as much experience, they're not as smart, they're not as accomplished as the other person, boom, just hits it somehow, just, just hits it, so, you know, go on two interviews, one works, they get the offer, great offer, back to work. So sometimes it's just a wild card how these things happen. So if it happens to you, you know what, don't think, oh, it's me, these things happen. However, you can control it from there. And as, as you know, Sweta and Lisa and Virginia and myself are saying is kind of own it. You don't have to shirk from it. You don't have to be embarrassed about it. There's no shame because it could have been luck someone else got the job and you, you know, you did it. It's, it's, you know, you were caught up in a downsizing. There's whatever reasons it happened, you're in between jobs and it happens. And anybody who has any credibility, anybody who's been in the workforce for at least five years or more, they get this happens. Anybody who's even young, like your kids who are teenagers who see and hear when the parents and parents' friends talk, they know these things happen. People lose their jobs, they get downsized, they get, you know, everything could go wrong. So why don't, don't feel bad, don't feel guilty, don't feel ashamed, own it, this happened, I'm in between roles, but I'm excited to move forward. So you own it and then you move forward. And then you move forward with purpose, with dignity, being calm, being cool, being collected. And, and then people will pick up on that and they'll feel it on you. And when you go for the interviews, make sure that you bring that and don't let them bring you down. When you network, same thing. You wanna hold up your head high and not be ashamed, hey, this happened. I need your help. You know, you work at such and such company, I'd love to work there. Can you get me in? Here's my resume. Can you send it to so-and-so? Here's the name I saw that was listed in the ad. Do you know this person? Can you, can you please bring my resume in front of that person? You don't have to feel shy about it. This is the time to do these things. You wanna take action. If you haven't done so already, as I mentioned before, you want to fill up your plate so that when it comes time for these interviews and they ask these questions, you have things to talk about. Now, some may not be so great, some not, but at least there's ways to talk about it. And if you can't find a full-time job, maybe a bridge job. If not that, maybe a gig kind of work. If not that, whatever. You know, just something that you can elaborate on. Because once you have something, you can tell a story about it. You know, you know, I, I used this time to go back to school to learn such and such because I thought, you know, I was interested in becoming a social worker. You know, I went to back to school thinking, hey, I'll be a teacher, I'll be a stockbroker, I'll be, you know, such and such. You know, I, uh, you know, I started working at a restaurant because I thought, hey, maybe one day, you know, I would love to do that. Maybe I, I, I could be an entrepreneur. Let me see what it's like. And then the conversations will go from what did you do to, oh, that's really interesting. You know, I've always wanted to run a restaurant too, because, you know, my uncle did it and it seemed great. So then it gets you away from all talking about the negativity and talking about something positive, something forward thinking. 
So I hope I hope this paints a picture. You know, definitely read the article so this way you'll get some you know re, you know the real insights you know from from Sweda and Lisa and and Virginia. But so I don't want to go and tell exactly what they were saying because I want to give some other you know because they give some fresh stuff on their own. So this way I could add some other color to it as well and context. So this way you can feel comfortable, as comfortable as you can be when you go to interview and you had this bit long-term, you know, unemployment status. Um, I get it. It's hard. It's not easy, but you could overcome it. You can get past it. I've seen it during 9-11 in the aftermath. I've seen it in the financial crisis. At the time, it looks like you'll never end, but then it does end and people move forward. And before you know it, there are more jobs, more opportunities. Things keep getting bigger and better. So, you know, so I think this is, this is, this is it. This is the time. The economy is better. Things are going well. Get out there. Interview. Don't let it bring you down. Make sure you kind of keep doing things that you can put on your resume to show that you're doing stuff. And good luck. I'm confident you'll succeed. I'm confident you can find a new job. Thank you very much for watching and listening. Um, as always, if you have any questions, and I appreciate I get call, you know, emails, texts all the time. Feel free. Hit me up if you have any questions or anything I could help you with. If you have any ideas for an upcoming show to talk about, let me know. But I appreciate you watching and taking the time out. It's Jack Kelly. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.